lights. It's seven Friday night. Welcome back to another episode of Seven Friday Night. I'm Sports Stars Magazine editor Chase Bryson. With me, as always, is my co-host Ben Enos. We've recovered from a wild week four that forced an emergency pod to be recorded on Saturday. And if you missed that, we spent a half hour dissecting what I've decided to start calling the win heard around the internet. St. Francis uh, Mountain View nearly broke California Twitter on Friday night with its 31-28 upset of De La Salle. And we'll talk about that some more today as St. Francis coach Greg Calcagno will be one of our guests and a perturbed coach Edson will also chime in. But if you want the deeper dive, check out the emergency pod from this weekend. And now we'll get going. Ben, uh, what do you have to welcome our trusty listeners this week? Hola, amigos. We are back for another week of Seven Friday Night. Um, yes, the internet did uh, almost break last Friday night. Um, but in addition to that, in addition to, you know, one game in Mountain View, California, there was other football played, which is the great thing. And let me wax poetic just for a moment about the availability of video in high school football these days. I went to a game at Burrell Field in San Leandro. I got home and got a chance to watch the Cardinal Newman vintage game that I had recorded on my DVR. And then a few days later, I was able to go back and watch De La Salle against St. Francis. What a world we live in. Uh, so now that I have that uh, excitement out of the way, uh, you yourself actually made it to a game this week where or last week where did you go and what did you see yes i went to an actual football game i was at pirate stadium and it was glorious it was really nice to be back to at a game at pirate stadium to uh i got i got some video of the uh, return of the marching show band which i will will have on our episode extras uh this week and it was good to be back it was good to be back at pirate stadium i saw a fantastic game I mean, not not as close as I as you and I both thought it might be, but Pittsburgh ended up winning 42 to 20 over uh, Valley Christian of San Jose, and I thought Pittsburgh looked they looked pretty darn good. They, you know, obviously we talked about how Folsom was a tough ask of them in their in their opener since they they didn't get uh, the Sarah game out of the gate like they wanted to because of the, of the AQI. So when they went to Folsom, um, it was it was a little rough, but they certainly looked like they were back in a groove this week. They had a really good first half. I mean, I think if if Coach Galley could bottle up that first half, he'd feel pretty good about the rest of the season because they they led twenty eight to six at the break. They got a little sloppy in the second half, but Pittsburgh showed they they're, they're going to stick around for a while. So I know you went uh, you went to Burrell Field to see Sam Leandro and Bellarmine. What were your thoughts on those squads? Yeah, I was really looking forward to the game um, when I got there because it's two teams that uh, I, I don't generally, you know, I, I haven't seen a ton over the years. I've seen St. Leandro more than I've seen Bellarmine. Um, but I figured it would be a fairly even contest, and it really turned out not to be. Bellarmine put forth a, a very strong performance. I was really impressed with the new direction that – the bells are headed in offensively while still being able to keep some of the same principles uh, in line that were present under their former coach, longtime coach, Mike Janda. Um, San Leandro, I thought 
started okay. Their quarterback, uh, Demetrius Freeney, uh, got uh, dinged up in the first half. So that kind of limited what he was able to do uh, mobility-wise. Um, but credit to Bellerman, man. They looked, they looked really solid. Um, and I think they're going to be <laughs> they, – they're certainly not wanting for a challenge this week as they go out to – uh, Modesto to take on Central Catholic, but I think they're going to be a factor in the West Catholic Athletic League. <laughs> we say this every year. This year, I think we mean it more than most. Are we giving coaches in the West Coast West Catholic Athletic League hazard pay for the teams that they have to match up against every week? <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> um, what a league this uh, this time around. So you know, good game. Um, we had a video uh, from that game up on sportsstarsmag.com. We will have a feature later this week, hopefully, if I can put pen to paper um, on their new offense and their direction under Coach Beachman. So we had a chance to watch those two games, um, but it was an intriguing week throughout Northern California as a whole. And so I will turn back to our um, favorite device early in the show here, and we're going to do a little fill the gap. And I am going to toss it your way this week because you had to do something that a couple of people have had to do in Northern California early this week that I am not envious of. You had to rank uh, Northern California's top 20 teams. So my fill in the gap for you is doing this week's Northern California rankings was blank. Yeah, doing this week's Northern California rankings was stressful. We'll just leave it at that. I felt pretty good about it when before we did the emergency pod. I kind of felt like I knew where we were going to slot people. I think I wrote in our top 20 intro this week that this is the first time the number one team in the NorCal top 20 has lost in Sports Stars existence. In our 10-year existence, we haven't had the number one lose. Uh, well, we've had them lose, but not to NorCal teams. I will, I will, I'll say that. So uh, we've never had a, a scenario where we needed to drop out De La Salle because they've always been our number one team until a NorCal team beat them, and then a NorCal team beat them. So props to St. Francis for for what they pulled off on Friday night and turned my uh, ranking systems into a bit of a stressful stressful look. And I thought I was I felt pretty good about where I was at before we did our emergency pod, and then. And then our guest Damon Esper uh, suggested he might have it another another way. So I had to think about it a little more. But in the end, I settled on Folsom. Folsom has always kind of been our one A to De La Salle's number one, and I I didn't feel like you know I needed to change that. So we stuck with Folsom at the top, St. Francis number two, De La Salle number three. I feel pretty good about that. Hopefully, most people agree. We'll have to see. I, I made my case and. We'll see where that stands. Yeah, there's been a lot of discussion on the interwebs over the last uh, couple days about, in particular, and, and let me get this out of the way, we are in lockstep on, on who should be number one right now. Um, I, I, I was so impressed with Folsom in uh, week one. Uh, I think they are the team to beat at the moment, um, and that's that could change, certainly. But there's been a lot of discussion about where a Sarah slots in, where a St. Francis slots in. Um, and I just would add, when you beat the king, you get the bump. That's it. Yeah. That's I mean, to me, it, it's deserved. Could Sarah be number two? St. Francis number three, and Dillasound number four? Absolutely. But the the best part of it all 
and you referenced this, is we're going to have concrete evidence to figure this all out eventually. October yeah. 8th, De La Salle plays Folsom. November 6th, St. Francis plays Sarah. And I would, if I was a betting man, and I am, uh, I would wager that De La Salle and Pittsburgh will see each other at some point along the way in the postseason. Yep. So we'll get it all figured out eventually. For now, we're going to reward St. Francis. And in the immortal words of the late Denny Green, if you want to crown him, crown him. <laughs> yep. There's plenty more games. And who's to say the St. Francis? I mean, you already talked about Bellarmine. Bellarmine is definitely on the rise. St. Ignatius is a tough team. Valley Christian is right there too, right? So for St. Francis and Sarah to both be unbeaten still by the time they show up to play uh, in November, that's that's not even a given thing yet either. So it's it's going to be an interesting, you know, six to seven weeks here to figure that all out. What it is, is it's fun. Would there have been years where you can make a case where Northern California was quote unquote down? I've heard that from sports writers throughout my career. There have been lean years in Northern California. This ain't one of them. <laughs> don't, don't, you know, okay. The, the big, big boys in Southern California are on a different level. We acknowledge that. But football in Northern California this year at the highest level at the upper echelon is really good. Yeah. So it's going to make for a fun season. And there's going to be some upsets along the way. I feel pretty confident in, that, in saying that. We haven't really even touched on the East Bay Athletic League, which has three or four teams in there that are going to upset the apple cart at some point, I'm sure, as well. So it's going to be going to be a good time, and we'll probably touch on some of that stuff when we get to picks later. We will. So we had uh, the great fortune this week um, to talk to two coaches who we hold in incredibly high regard, um, <laughs> who share a last name but deviate on how you say that last name. Uh, our uh, interviews this week are with uh, California of San Ramon head coach, Danny Calcagno, who I have seen in person this year uh, and gotten to know that program a little bit. They hung a 70 spot on freedom last week. So we thought it was uh, appropriate to chat with the uh, coach of the Grizzlies. And then Greg Calcagno uh, from St. Francis, uh, the man of the hour, of course, uh, and we got his take on what these last few days have been like. Um, St. Francis is sitting on a bye this week, which is fortunate, uh, as you will hear from Coach Calcagno, uh, because they've had a chance to enjoy their win a little bit and, and revel in the fact that they did something that no one's done for 30 years. So uh, we'll get out of the way and let you listen into our conversation with uh, Danny Calcagno and Greg Calcagno of California High and St. Francis. You say Calcagno, I say Calcagno. <laughs> let's, let's, let's give it a listen. This was fun. All right. Well, we would like to welcome uh, our two guests for this week, two coaches with the same last name, though pronounced differently. And though they may be very distantly related, they're not completely, we're not fully sure, but you know, that gets in the way of a great story, but this is still a good story. <laughs> We've got California Ceremone coach Danny Calcagno and St. Francis Mountain View coach uh, Greg Calcagno. And we'd like to welcome you both guys. Thanks for joining the podcast. Welcome. Thanks, Chase. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks a lot, Chase. All well, right, let's get into this, Ben. Yeah, let's jump in. And uh, I've seen Cal High play this year. Uh, so I, I know a little bit about what I'm, I'm talking about there, but uh, we're going to start uh, I, I'm with all apologies to Coach Calcagno. Coach Calcagno has dibs this week because the story <laughs> in the Bay Area 
is uh, what happened at St. Francis on Friday night. 31-28, the Lancers over De La Salle. And, um, you know, Greg, I'm just going to start with the easy question here. What has this last few days been like for you in the aftermath of, of such a win? Oh, it's been, it, you know, it's good that we have a bye this week. We, we, we were able to kind of enjoy it a little bit more. You know, I, I mean, as Danny knows, right, you're kind of on to the next one either way. Um, and, and I also, my, the job that pays the bills is I'm the alumni director at St. Francis. So we had reunion weekends and golden grads. So we had stuff Saturday and Sunday. So um, it made it a lot better that uh that that we did get the win because there were a lot of alums that came back for even their 60th reunion that were at the game and so we got to talk about that and 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 it certainly made it a lot better um so so yeah it was uh i I watched the whole uh game back yesterday and uh man the atmosphere looked incredible uh just can you describe a little bit about what it was like on game night? Even if you hadn't won the game, it looked like return to football at St. Francis was a rocking good time. It was, you know, and, and it was, it, so first of all, we, you know, our stadium's got a, a giant bay tree inside the track and it's, it's pretty spectacular. If you look at it, you know, we, we think our place on a Friday night when we light it up is, 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 is a pretty, pretty crazy atmosphere. Our, all our kids were back in, in the rage cage, you know, sophomores and freshmen had never seen a game before. And, and, you know, so it was packed and a band was there and, you know, it was just, it was a great environment. And, and I had some of the alums come and say, you know, after the last 18 months of what everybody's been through to see that environment with two good teams, very classy teams playing their tails off, but, but playing in a respectful way, it was just really, really uh, fun to see for, for a lot of people. Uh, Danny, I promise we will get to uh, some Grizzlies football. No, no, uh, no. I'm enjoying this way more. Trust <laughs> but my, my first, my, my first question to you was just, what was, what was your reaction when the news kind of spread across the internet that uh, coach Greg and his, and his boys had pulled that off? Well, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it didn't, it didn't like surprise me. I, I know that coach Calcagna does, has a great program there and they got some good players with good coaches and I knew it'd be a good matchup. Um, you know, and then being at, at their own home, I mean, I was fired up and, and nothing against De La Salle, obviously they're, they're De La Salle, but you know, you're always rooting for the underdog, uh, so to say. So it was, it fired me up that, you know, somebody got them and, and it was, it was a relative. So I was, uh, I was <laughs> equally excited. <laughs> um, it's, it's an interesting tie between the two teams because you guys will play De La Salle later in the year. So you'll get your shot at, at, um, at doing something similar. But let's transition for a moment here to uh, Grizzly football. As I mentioned, I've seen Cal play. I saw him on opening night against James Logan. And Danny, uh, I can't help but notice, you know, we talked in the before the season about what your offense looked like, how much you'd had a chance to put stuff in finally and, and get your guys really acquainted with what you're doing. Over three weeks, you guys have put up 167 points. And last week that translated to a, a 70 to 20 win. What went right for you guys against freedom and what is going right in your offense right now? Um, I, I would just say, you know, freedom had a couple of their key players out. Um, which obviously helps. They were a little bit undersized. Um, our kids executed, though. That was, you know, that was the emphasis of the week. 
they went a lot of man to man, which we knew they were going to run cover zero and we had to protect it. And, you know, fortunately we were able to win some of those one-on-one battles and uh, our quarterback was pretty accurate. So we were able to, uh, you know, have some explosive plays and able to put some numbers up. Um, You know, as far as the overall season, uh, we're just, we're starting to get a little familiar with what we're trying to establish, you know, in the run and the pass game. And our kids are, are starting to buy into what we're, what we're coaching. So it's been fun to see. And, uh, you know, obviously we know what's coming down the pike with our conference. So we have to get better each week. Greg, when you guys pulled off the win, uh, we scrambled here to throw together and, and what we called an emergency podcast. And we, we did one over the weekend to just talk about the fallout of the win on De La Salle side and, and what you guys were able to accomplish on your side. We had uh, one of the De La Salle broadcasters on the, on that uh, podcast and he watched the game. So we got his instant analysis. And, and one of the first things that came up was how well your offensive line handled that um, the, you know, handled the trenches against a, a De La Salle team that usually doesn't get beat in the trenches very often. Maybe could you just uh, share a little bit about uh, what that line um, is bringing to the table for you guys and, and how impressed you were with them? Yeah, I mean, certainly very, very impressed with with what our guys were able to accomplish. For us, you know, we're we're a little different than a lot of teams. We're twenty one personnel, so we got two backs and and a tight end. And nowadays, kind of that's that's the oddball. Um, but it, you know, for us, everything begins and ends up front, right? Both on our offensive line and our defensive line. And and you know, we have some kids that that are pretty darn good and pretty physical. And and you know, we're gonna we're gonna ride them. And you know we've ridden them for a long, long time. And it's, it's just who we are and the type of kids that we're getting. We like to be physical. We like to be downhill and then play action and do some different things and, and, you know, and shift and motion a little bit and, and, and just try to get people having to cover more than, you know, than just a C gap on both sides. Right. So, so put that tight end there, put a wing and, and, and just do some different stuff with it. I'm curious uh, to pick your brain. You guys have played De La Salle consistently through the years. What is the book on trying? What have you always tried to tell your guys going into a game like that on how you can beat De La Salle? I think for us, uh, oh, and by the way, we, we haven't beat them in a, in a long, long time like, like everybody else, right? We were 49 to nothing two years ago, uh, not obviously for the Lancers, uh, sitting up at, 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 you know, sitting in Concord at halftime trying to figure out, you know, do we go running clock or do we make our guys sit here and take this? And, and that was our toughest decision at halftime two years ago. And it was, we're going to take this, right? Our guys got to understand, like, this is the result of not being ready to go and not competing the way that we expect to compete. And so um, a little different this, this, this time being up. But, uh, you know, I think, I think it was, we can't play, you know, nobody's perfect. So don't, don't try to be perfect, but you can't have a whole lot of my bads or I'll get it next time. Cause they're probably not going to be a next time. Um, and so, you know, we got to be, we got to take advantage of every opportunity. And we certainly, we turned the ball over. We had too many penalties. We did a lot of things. Um, but you know, so, so, so did De La Salle. And, and so it kind of, it kind of ended up in a wash, but you know, we got to, you got to go in thinking you got a chance to win. Uh, there's a, there's a third relative in this, in this mix. Uh, and uh, Danny gets to coach him. What's it been like coaching uh, Jake and, and the season that he's had a wide receiver for the Grizzlies? I know that you guys have uh, you guys have had quite a, a strong air attack so far, and he's been a key, played a key role. Uh, what's that been like for you, kind of watching that develop? 
Um, it's been awesome. I mean, obviously, anytime you get a chance to, to coach your own kid, it's a special time. So I'm trying to enjoy every every moment because I know that it's and soon and we'll have good memories. Um, you know, and I feel bad for Jake just because, you know, his dad is coaching him. So he's he might get a little bit more of uh, the coaching, if you will, hard. <laughs> and uh, but, you know, he's he's heard me before. So he's done a good job of, of taking it. And, uh, you know, he's you know, always working on his craft and trying to get better as a receiver. And uh, we've been very fortunate to have a pretty good quarterback to to get him the ball. So um, and we have other guys that are stepping up. Dom two yours made some nice plays. Trevor runs been running the ball well. So it's just not Jake. Um, but you know, he's, he's doing good and having fun. If I were to pick from the quarterbacks that I've seen both on film and in person so far this year to start my team, Teddy Boris is the guy that I want, at least of the guys that I've seen so far this year to you, where has he, and we talked a little bit about this before the season, how has he continued to mature and evolve as the uh, as the engine of your offense. He's, he's the heart and soul of our offense. I mean, he's starting to understand what to look at pre-snap. Um, you know, you got to think that we only had him for a couple of weeks his junior year, and then the years before, the offense was just completely different. Like, it was, you know, two tight ends, two backs, and we're handing the ball off, and we'll play action three times a game. Um, so he's had to learn how to play quarterback. And he's done a great job. I'm really proud of Teddy. And I'll be honest with you, like I've coached some quarterbacks over the years. Um, he's probably one of the most accurate guys that, that I've ever coached. And just last week, the thing that I like about him is that he, he has different arm slots to be able to make throws. Like, you know, and that helps when you're the starting shortstop for the baseball team. So it's been fun watching him develop. And I look forward to seeing him playing at the next level. We'll wrap it up here. First of all, what, what, do we, uh, what are the odds of a uh... – uh, of a coach Calcagno versus coach Calcagno Cal versus um, <laughs> St. Francis matchup anytime soon. Is that, is that going to happen in the coming seasons? Well, Greg would have to be willing to give up a couple of his O-line and D-line guys <laughs> to the Grizzlies. So Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't give those guys up. They're pretty, they're pretty <laughs> valuable. So we, we, we will see. I mean, you know, we're always looking to play as good a schedule as we can. And, and I'm sure Danny's the same way, right? That yep. you know, our league and, and, and their league is, is so darn good. You, you, you have to get tested. You have to find out where your weaknesses are. And, and that's why you play, you know, the teams that, that we both play in the precinct, but you know, so, so we'll see, uh, you know, if there's a way we can, we can make that work as well. All right, fellas. Well, I think uh, I think that works for us. Uh, we we definitely appreciate you taking time out of your mornings to visit us and, and, and talk Cal and, and St. Francis football. Uh, congratulations to, to both of you guys on, on your wins and the starts to your season, and, and good luck the rest of the way. Thank you, Chase and Ben. Greg, good luck the rest of the way. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank you, and thanks for what you guys do for high school sports. It's it's really yep. it's, it's great. I listened to the other podcasts that you had, and and it's, it's just a lot of fun to, to have folks talking about high school football and, and you know, getting people excited about it. And yep. Danny, good luck the rest of the way. Thanks. I appreciate it. Good to be back. Take care, guys. <laughs> All, All right, guys. Take care. All Bye. right. Bye-bye. And now we're going to take a quick timeout for a quick message from Sports Stars Magazine's podcast partner, the California Army National Guard. We understand an upside-down world, but they're writing us off before we get to the starting line. A stalled generation? Who do you think is going to fix all this? We will, because our future is the future. The next greatest generation is now. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more.
And now, back to the show. Well, we want to definitely thank both of those coaches for hanging out with us for a bit. Now we transition to another coach who may not be quite as chipper as those guys. I received a text from Coach Terry Edson Monday night expressing his displeasure for being omitted from our NorCal streak ending emergency pod this weekend. So the Cobra is mad, and it's time we find out by how much. Let's welcome the third member of our squad, Coach Edson. Well, we want to welcome in the third member of our crew back to the podcast, Coach Terry Edson. And we'll start right off the bat in this segment by uh, admitting that, no, it did not escape Coach Edson's notice that something big may or may not have happened with the school that he still works at, but no longer coaches at. As is my custom, I've been well-trained to obfuscate on responsibility. So I, uh, I blame Chase completely because he's our editor for the fact that uh, the third member of our crew was not on the emergency uh, podcast this week. So uh, I, I guess... Coach, would you like to give us your expert opinion now? There's so much I want to do right now, Ben. You just, I, I'm, I'm a loss for words, but I'm never a loss for words. So that's the best thing about this. Uh, a third member of the crew, what do you know? A 30-year streak. And who is the only guy that you two guys know that have been to every practice during those 30 years, have watched every team on film hours upon hours upon hours of knowing every Delisle opponent the last 30 years. And then when one of the biggest upsets in local high school football history happened to a guy that's been there for every game for 30 years, who gets the call? Damon Esper is unbelievable. Yes, Esper knows some things about Dallas South football. No doubt about it. He's seen a lot of games. He's broadcast a lot of games. But I get upstaged by Esper on my own podcast? How on earth is that possible? That's... That's all I want to know. And my agent is livid right now that they have to. I just want you to know that as well. And we're thinking of maybe suing, but we haven't <laughs> gone down that road yet. In my defense, I really don't have a defense. Mainly... No defense, Chase. <laughs> there is no defense. If we didn't okay, have you please. on, if we had you on the emergency pod, what would we have talked about today? That was my thinking. Well, We'll give you a couple of days to build up and you'll know and you'll be ready. That was why I was thinking that you would be part two, but so yeah. really you just, you just poking you the bear. Up. You were just poking the bear knowing that I would explode. <laughs> part of the dramatic effect. Oh, okay. I like that. Okay. So what would you like to know? We'll just start with um, your general reaction to the result that was thirty-one uh, twenty-eight in Mountain View, California. On Friday night, what was, what were your thoughts? I were you watching it live on the uh, on the old internet broadcast? Or I was watching it live. Okay, uh, I was, I was very happy with myself that I did not break my computer or throw it across the room at any time during the game. It showed a great, re a new mature Terry Edson, a more restrained Terry. <laughs> We've known him that we may that we may have known in the past, um, but um, 
you know, St. Francis has, I've been playing, you know, not, I didn't coach this game, obviously, but De La Salle and myself have, as, as a coach, have been playing uh, St. Francis, you know, back in the 1980s. Um, they're always and always have been a, a well-coached team. They, um, they're a classy organization. They're uh, a great school. Um, and, I'm, and they, there's no doubt about it that it's the first time the Spartans have been on the road in two years, really. I mean, a real road game where they had to really travel. And, you know, they, the student section was packed. The stadium was packed. I, as soon as I saw kind of um, saw the cameras and see what the situation was like, okay, they're in a hornet's nest tonight. And um, I, we looked a little flat starting out the game there. There's no doubt about it. And, um, it, it was interesting, you know, to to watch um, because this kind of happens when when teams play us, uh, local teams. Not so much when we play the Southern California teams; they're they're a little different animal. But local teams, um, I've noticed over the years, and I'll and I'll give St. Francis credit, although I think this creeped in a little bit as well. They, you know, they got a good lead, and I think uh, it was interesting to me. It's kind of like, oh wait a second, <laughs> we're up by 17 points. And uh, there's been a lot of games in the past where teams have, you know, shot out to a big lead. And, and I think it kind of, it takes your coaching staff a little bit by surprise. They got a little conservative for them, I thought. Um, we got back in the game. We took the lead. Now you're at back to, oh, you know, what the heck? We have nothing to lose. And their offense opened up and, you know, they had a, a great final drive. And, um, I mean, they, they overcame a lot of adversity. I mean, you're down to the one foot line or the, you know, and then you get a 15 yard penalty for excessive uh, celebration and they came back, you know, and scored the next play. So, you know, hats off to St. Francis. I mean, they, I, I think it, it is an upset, but I think people have underestimated that program a little bit this year. And the, this, that, that is a really good football team. They're physical, they got some speed. Um, they got a quarterback that can throw it. And then anytime you have a quarterback that can, you know, throw the football, you're in every game. So, and they have a great coaching staff and the kids play hard. They looked pretty good all night and they put that drive together and it's a drive of a lifetime for a lot of those kids. So the good lesson for, uh, for the Spartans to learn and doesn't get any easier for them. They've got three really tough games coming up. So um, troops have got to rally and see what the, the team's made of, but. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a question at you that uh, I think Chase and I have asked you and Coach Latticer and Coach Allen Boss through the years. And as a coach, it's very easy to answer it. Um, as a member of the media, as you are now, I'm, I'm curious if you have a different uh, answer. And it is. I'm a member of the media now. Did I just hear you say that? I've knighted you. Yes. Oh, okay. um, you're a pundit. Uh, the we talk all the time about streaks and what they mean and what it means to everyone externally and uh, how that uh, revolves around a program. And as a coach, I know it's easy to answer that. Well, that's for us to talk about and coaches don't care about that kind of stuff. Can you, now that this record that you've been so big a part of uh, against Northern California teams is no longer, can you put that in perspective at all? what it means to win so many games against teams from your own region. You know, you have that moment when I think everyone's kind of 
in silent shock for a second, you know, like, wait, De La Salle lost to a Northern California team. Um, just that thought, you know, tells you how really incredible it was because you, we saw what happened. These are still, these are just high school football players. I mean, these are 16, 15, 16, 17, some 18 year old kids. And to think, and knowing that I've been around teenage boys 40 years and, <laughs> and just knowing all the, the emotional uh, roller coaster of, of uh, being a, a teenager in the world and back then and even in today, the fact that we were able to, I mean, you could just see, I mean, it, it's like things can go wrong really quickly in a high school game and all of a sudden you're down and um, it's just, tell, I think it's just to me what I'm trying to get at is how amazing it really is because this should, this can happen anytime, you know, I mean, the fact that it didn't for 30 years. And we've had our so many close calls, but I think it, you really have to give the, the kids and the program and all the players over these years, their props for, for being able to do that. Cause you know, just there's so much that can go wrong in a game of football and to, to continue that year in year out. It, it really is. It was incredible that they were able to accomplish that. Did you think it would always be a West Catholic athletic team? that uh and to be honest i was hoping it would be a catholic school yes you know i don't want i don't want to irritate him patrick walsh he had us you know i thought, for, I thought it was going to end then i'm sure he's still better about that as well uh san ramon had us you know a few years ago i'm just thinking off the top of my head you know in saint francis and the bellerman pat the bellerman yeah come on that <laughs> Your luck <laughs> had us. So, like I said, we, we've had our moments where it really probably should have happened. It just didn't. And, you know, our string ran out finally. Uh, I'm going to have you participate in a segment that Ben and I do sometimes at the beginning of the show that we call fill the gap. I'm going to give you a sentence with a blank at the end and, and you give us your first, res uh, first response based on what you uh, have learned here in the first couple of days since being back at school. Here you go. The mood within the program this week is. <laughs> uh, only one word. I only get one word. You get as many you words as you a, want. You can give a phrase, a couple words if you need to. I think uh, probably angry and redemption. No more needed to be said there. Sounds about right. <laughs> That's about right. Well, we, uh, we'll, we'll move away from um, the Spartans to uh, transition back to your other passion, which is uh, making selections um, and uh, predicting things. Last week, we gave you time to prepare and you performed predictably. Uh, Las Lomas, a winner. Aptos in a shootout, a winner. And uh, Amador Dublin did not cover the over-under, but... Uh, yeah, no, Am the, <laughs> yeah, the under it covered for sure. <laughs> Amador pulled that one out. So two and one on last week. Yeah, when um, I lose seven to nothing, I consider it like half right. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to start. We'll start in uh, Moraga this week. So uh, game number one for you this week, San Leandro at Campolindo. Yeah, it's it's hard to believe that a Campolindo team has scored seven points in two games. Um, 
but you know they've had some issues not on the team but you know they, the the well um, the 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 student you know that passed away they've had some tragedy there this is a big game for Camp Lindo. I I really believe that because they're they, they've never really been in this situation in for a long time and um I think you know it's a big game for San Leandro but this is a situation that Camp Lindo has not been in in a while and being one and two and not scoring a lot of points. And this is their fourth week and they're kind of um, been able to kind of adjust to what's happened and to deal with it. I, I'm predicting uh, a, a different Campo team, Friday. Right I think they're kind of at a point like, they're, I think they're looking at their season like it's now or never. And I think they're going to play that way. So I'm picking Campo window. All right. I will will then take you to we'll save the best for last. So for now we'll go to the team that beat Campo uh, in the Honor Bowl last Saturday. Uh, I say they did it on Friday, but we'll we'll take you at, over to uh, Brentwood where Liberty uh, is uh, traveling to a East Bay Athletic League school that you're familiar with at Monta Vista. C.J. Anderson is two and zero so far. Uh, with the Mustangs, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Monta Vista is a great place to watch a high school football game as well. I love that stadium. I'm sure they'll be loud and raucous. I think um, that's been uh, kind of the formula this year in high school. Teams are you know students are finally getting back out and they're coming out in droves because they haven't had the opportunity to see games, which I, I think is great. Um, I tell you, Liberty, I know what their game plan is going to be. They're, at least they haven't thrown the ball all that great this year yet, but their running game is solid. They're going to try to keep Monta Vista off the field, and they're going to try to keep their offense on the field with their running game. But if that does not happen, their Achilles heel has been the passing game, and Matchup-wise, this is not a good matchup for them because Monta Vista slings the ball. If you know, thrown for two, eight touchdowns in two games and gobsy yards, and um, that has been uh, bugaboo for Liberty right now. So they're going to have to shore up that pass defense. Monta Vista at home. I got to go with the Mustangs. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up with uh, a game that I think is, uh, in my mind, a coin flip. Um, based on early season results, Central Catholic of Modesto, who Chase and I continued to pick against uh, for the first couple weeks, are going to San Jose City College to take on Bellarmine. As I said earlier, got a chance to see Bellarmine last week, and this is not uh, a Mike Janda coach team. This is a team that's going to spread it out a little bit. They're still going to run the ball, um, but it is a different looking offense uh, for Bellarmine and a really good one. So Central Catholic at uh, Bellarmine, who you got? And the game's at Bellarmine, right? The game's yep. at Bellarmine. Yeah, San Jose City College. Can I give you a little nugget of uh, unknown fact about uh, Coach Terry Edson's life here? 100%. My brother was a boarder at Bellarmine in the 60s, and we lived in Gaston Valley. He went to Bellarmine. Dan Pastorini was in his class. I used to drive down when I was five years old and watch the Bells play at Buckshaw Stadium. Watch Pastorini sling the ball. They always had a great deep net defense. Uh, John Hanna was the coach. He always wore a white shirt, rolled up sleeves. The Bells 
their student body, their cheering section. That's when I fell in love with high school football. What a great um, history I have with that program. Central Catholic came back three touchdowns last year to beat them. Those games usually stick with you. I love Central Catholic and their coaching staff. And I agree with you. I, I hesitate to pick against them, but I think Bellarmine has got revenge on their mind after last year. They're at home. I'm I'm taking I'm picking the Bells to win this game, but it's going to be, once again, this is not going to be an easy victory. I think this is going to be under, uh, it's going to be under four points. That's my prediction. That wraps up another uh, fine segment uh, with Coach Edson. Do you think we can avoid any, <laughs> you think we'll avoid any drama in this week's games, or are you thinking this is going to be another crazy week? This is, uh, Chase. <laughs> Do you have a high school kid? You don't have a high school kid yet, do you? He's no, getting closer. Okay. Uh, getting closer, okay. but not yet. Chase, let me tell you, high school students and the word drama are synonymous <laughs> with another, okay? There's no such thing as a drama-free high school anything, okay? As long as we're in high school, there's drama. So, no, no we'll never get away from drama. Every week, there'll be some new drama going on that's what makes it that's what makes it so much fun and interesting that's the best part about it there you have it prepare for more drama in week five (laughs) coach Edson says we're headed that way thanks again for stopping by and uh, we'll see you next week man see you guys later see ya well that was certainly an inspirational segment with coach Terry Edson thanks uh, to the old ball coach for joining us as always even if we may not have uh, included him in our fun this weekend. Um, well, outside of De La Salle football all the time, uh, there are other games being played this week. So it's time for, you know it, you love it. Thank you, Ali Moreno. Picks. Uh, I will kick it over to you to set us up. What games will we be getting wrong this time around? All right, I picked six games of the week this week for us to choose from. And we'll start with with one that's just a big one hanging out there that I don't know if either of us will have the the guts to touch. But number three, De La Salle will host Cathedral Catholic of San Diego. Marin Catholic is going to number seven in our rankings, McClymans of Oakland. We have number eight, Central Catholic Modesto at number 13, Bellarmine of San Jose. The newest member of the top 20, number 20, Deloro Loomis, is at Granite Bay in a Sierra Foothill League opener. Number 18, Aptos, is at Salinas. And Elk Grove is going to the Lincoln Fighting Zebras. So there are six. Those are the six we're choosing from. And I guess I will start us off, and I'm just going to jump right into my lock this week. Not, we're not messing around. Ooh. Okay? My lock. Mac will win at home versus Marin Catholic. Even though we've had them in our top 10 all season, I feel like this McClymouth team is flying under the radar a bit. Not feeling a lot of people are talking about them. Certainly not in the wake of De La Salle's loss, but coach Mike Peters brought back 19 starters, including a four-year varsity QB and Dran Paul. These two teams met two years ago when Marin Catholic was far more experienced and the Warriors still won 19-7. I think it's something similar this time around too. So I'm going with the Warriors. That is bold beyond bold. Uh, okay. So 
you mentioned that neither of us might be willing to touch the Dallas Cathedral Catholic game. Let me let me start by saying there's one team in Northern California I'm not willing to go near right now. It, it's the Raiders of Central Catholic. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like I pick against them every week and they win every week. Uh, I'm I'm not touching that game with a ten foot pole. What I am doing is I am going to Winton Drive. I will start with the now number three ranked De La Salle Spartans hosting Cathedral Catholic of San Diego. Our more veteran listeners will remember Cathedral Catholic from the 2008 CIF State Bowl games. Chase and I were both in the building to see Tyler Gaffney set CIF State Bowl records with 329 yards on the ground and five touchdowns, an absolute classic 37-34 to win over St. Mary's of Stockton. Now that has absolutely nothing to do with this year's team which comes to Northern California with a three and one record fresh off a 52 to nothing win over Helix. I believe is Reggie Bush's alma mater, if I'm not mistaken. And Alex Smith. Uh, and Alex Smith, the great Alex Smith. We've obviously covered De La Salle extensively. I'm not going to do another deep dive on them, but I feel pretty confident that the Spartans are going to make the adjustment and I'm pretty confident that they're going to bounce back. So give me the Winton drive warriors. I will take Sparta to bounce back and get a win this week. Very nice. All right. Uh, Coach Edson will be, will be happy that you're on board. All right. Give us your second one. Uh, okay. Let's uh, head a little bit further south. Can we please get a vote for the PCL Gabalon division as one of Northern California's most entertaining leagues this year? <laughs> this week, head coach Randy Blankenship takes his 3-0 Aptos Mariners on the road for a league matchup with Salinas. Aptos's numbers are insane. 49 to nothing over Mills and Milbray, 49 to nothing over Campolindo, and then an instant classic 47 to 42 win over Palma last week. Salinas is 2-0 coming in, but until someone proves that they can hold Aptos under 45 points, <laughs> I think the odds are in their favor. Give me Aptos. That's the lock. Lock it up. Aptos wins. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to go after that game that you don't want to go after. So I am, I, uh, I've learned my lesson with Central Catholic. So I am, I'm going to take the Raiders this week. So I think Central Catholic's going to get that road win at San Jose City College. I mean, like I just said, I've learned not to pick against the Raiders at this point. And I think they have the style of offense that can eat clock and keep Bellarmine's weapons off the field. That seemed to be the same tactic they employed to perfection against San Ramon Valley last week. So give me Central Catholic for the W. I like it. I can see it. It's uh, the difference for me in that game might be location. Uh, Central Catholic's yeah. been getting these, these wins uh, on home soil. That's so true. let's see if the, their game uh, travels. Who you got to uh, round this thing out? Uh, all right. I'm going off, off the top 20 grid for the, for the one non-ranked battle. Elk Grove last week was stopped one yard shy on a two-point conversion attempt that would have beaten an Oak Ridge team that we both have a good amount of respect for. I know Lincoln is a heck of a football team too, with its only loss coming in a 13-7 opener against Del Oro, which is now ranked. But I don't know. I feel like the Thundering Herd are due this week, and I'm going to go with Elk Grove. So you are taking the Thundering Herd over the Fighting Zebras. Uh, yes. I will call you Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> All right, I'll wrap it up with a Sierra Foothill League opener in Granite Bay. The Grizzlies host Del Oro in a backyard battle of two teams that have proven to be quite good early in the year. Del Oro's 4-0, and 
And I really like their wins over uh, Lincoln and Clayton Valley. Those are the only losses on those teams' ledgers so far this year. Granite Bay is 3-1 and one coming in. And while they did knock off my early season favorite, Vacaville, it was a 14-9 to nine grinder, and Vacaville's now lost two in a row. I may or may not have family that attended one of those these schools, and that's the one I'm going with. Give me the Golden Eagles to move to 5-0, and oh, because if you look at the schedule coming up, huh, next week is Rockland, and then it's Folsom. So Del Oro moves to 5-0 and oh, and then gets uh, the big boys, Rockland and Folsom, next. Now or never for the Golden Eagles. That's right. All right. Okay, it's time for the rapid-fire portion now. Uh, I will get us started off with the first of my three secret games for you this week. First up, Vista Del Lago, two and one out of Folsom at Capital Christian of Sacramento, one and two. Vista games this year have averaged 77 total points, topping 80 in each of the past two. Capital needs a win. This could be another shootout. Who you got? I'm not going to lie. That game's on the board for you in a little bit. So <laughs> uh, I, have looked at, I have looked at this game. Uh, I am going with Vista Del Lago. All right, now we move to the East Bay, and I'm going to give you a winless Logan Union City, which you have seen already this year. Looking for his first win at Heritage of Brentwood, which is one and two. Could be a pretty even matchup. What do you think? Let's get into the Animal Kingdom a little bit here. <laughs> can Colts ford the river? Can they, can they cross the rivers? No, I say no. They drown in the rivers. Give me the Patriots. <laughs> uh, all right on saturday two three and old teams square off in an under the radar game on the peninsula Menlo school of atherton host terra nova of pacifica go i have no idea uh <laughs> give me menlo school <laughs> not to be confused with menlo atherton <laughs> and also i've got a bonus here bonus rapid fire to honor the comedic actor norm mcdonald whose passing due to cancer was announced right before we started recording Norm as the character Frank in Billy Madison or as the character Lucky the Dog in the Dr. Doolittle movies? You choose. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Frank, for sure. Frank, all right. Yeah. That's fair. Wow, that was good. And uh, for uh, all you listeners out there, if we could have figured out a way to do a weekend update segment in audio form, we would have done it. Uh, <laughs> both huge fans of uh, Norm as possibly the best weekend update anchor ever there's yeah. there's a take for you yeah for sure all right rapid fire for you okay and before we get started this is where we're really going to go off the board and get a little get a little happy here i want to go back one week because i neglected to give you something last week that would have been a hometown rivalry game for you last week and we're gonna we're gonna show how wide-ranging our area of expertise is last week was the tehama county shootout and Red Bluff picked up a 35 to 13 win over the hated rival That's Corning. Right. This is your neck of the woods. What do we need to know about the Tehama County shootout? It's the biggest rivalry in the county. That's what you need to know. Uh, and you need to know that uh, Red Bluff is the supreme winner of that game at all times. Well, maybe not all times, but the shootout is, is, is a great rivalry. Uh, I am a Red Bluff high school graduate. Uh, I wore a Red Bluff High School jersey in, in the ad campaigns for our previous video endeavor. So the green and gold run deep and Corning is red and black and, and they're filthy. So <laughs> we'll just, 
we'll leave it at that. And I'm sure uh, a, a good friend of ours, former colleague, Mike Walcott, who's now the managing editor at the Chico Enterprise Record, uh, would be happy to refute everything I've just said. So uh, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> uh, let's get started with your picks. Um, we'll do the double up first, the Capital League, Vista del Lago, Cap Christian. Uh, Cap Christian's one and two, but don't be fooled. Those losses are to Valley Christian of San Jose and Rockland. Uh, so take from that what you will. Who you got? I think this is a shootout. If everyone's healthy, I don't know for sure, but if everyone's healthy, I, I still think Capital Christian has the edge. They played a tougher schedule. They should have a little bit better defense than some of the teams that the Del Lago space. Give me, give me the Cougars. Okay. Uh, moving back uh, here to the Bay Area, it's a Friday evening showdown, uh, intersectional showdown in the Oakland Hills. Salesian of Richmond heads to the Oakland Hills with my, uh, with one of my longtime favorites, head coach Chad Nightingale, uh, to take on Skyline. Uh, the Titans have a win over Balboa and a loss at Antioch, while Salesian has uh, started 2-0 with wins over Richmond and Berean Christian. Are you leaning Titans or do you have some pride? This is kind of, this is a little bit like the, the St. Mary's, uh, Berkeley and Deer Valley uh, matchup I gave you a few weeks ago. Massive school size differences here, but on the field, it could be pretty close. Uh, I, I know very little about Skyline, I will admit. Uh, I know they were high, uh, they were excited about uh, the spring season when I spoke to them for an OAL preview in the spring, but I know their coach, their coach was done, they're under a new coach. So not sure all about uh, Titans, but I will, so I'm going to roll with Salesian on this one. All right. A little small school pride there, not yeah. making the not not doubling up my mistake from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> uh, all right, one one more game. We'll wrap with a game that I think is an absolute coin flip. I'm surprised I didn't see it on my slate from you. It is up the hill. Campolindo is hosting San Leandro in a battle of teams that we have many many questions about. Uh, Campolindo acquitted itself okay in a close loss to Liberty at the Honor Bowl. Uh, and obviously, I was in attendance to see San Leandro come up uh, a little bit short against Bellarmine. Two teams looking for a momentum-building win in Moraga this week. Who you got? This is one we gave Coach Edson, too, so this will be interesting. I think – I feel like Campolindo seemed to figure some stuff out with their loss to uh, Liberty at the Honor Bowl. They only lost by uh, six. Uh, they definitely fixed their turnover bug. On this one, I, I'm, I'm trusting the, the coaching staff at Camp Lindo to fulfill expectations because I, I have high respect for, for Coach Macy, and I think uh, they're back on the right track. So give me, give me Camp Lindo. That is a comprehensive look at Northern California football. Heck yeah. People. Now it's just time to see what actually happens in, in these games. That, that'll be coming up in a couple of days. So let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Sounds good to me. So that brings another episode of Seven Friday Night to a close. We want to thank coaches Danny Calcagno and Greg Calcagno one last time for joining us, as well as our favorite regular contributor, Coach Terry Edson. The show is now on several platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. If you listen to shows on one of those platforms, search for Seven Friday Night, the number seven, then Friday Night, and please rate and subscribe. We build seven Friday night using Anchor, and you can leave a voice message for us by visiting anchor.fm slash the number seven Friday night. Uh, ben, we should we should 
think up some sort of prize that we can offer for the first person that leaves us an actual voice message on Anchor. So let's put our heads together I'm, for next I'm, week. I'd be concerned about our, our sarcastic friends who would, uh, <laughs> or, or if you really want to poke the bear, Mike Walcott might be calling in with a full-fledged <laughs> refutation of the Hamilton County shootout this week. Wally, if you're listening, please leave us a voice message that we can play on next week's podcast. That would be excellent. <laughs> Each of our episodes also get their own dedicated page on Sports Stars Magazine's web home, sportsstarsmag.com. You can stream the episode there find links to the various other platforms and check out a variety of bonus items that we tend to include. Our cover art was designed by me using a photo by the late great Norbert Vondergroben. Our killer theme music was written and performed by Dustin Phillips. He plays in multiple bands in the Sacramento area and we will hopefully be able to direct you to some in the near future. And uh, that's it, man. Week five, here we come. Final thoughts, Ben. I mean, man, last week was certainly eventful. What will this week hold? <laughs> Uh, it, I feel like it's kind of an under the radar, under the radar week um, with McClyman's and Marin Catholic kind of standing out clearly as the best game of the week. Uh, I'm looking forward to a couple things. Can De La Salle bounce back? Uh, clearly, I think they can. Uh, will some of Northern California's hottest teams like Aptos and Bellarmine and Central Catholic keep it rolling? Uh, and have we now settled into our groove when it comes to the season at large? Games are getting played. The focus seems to be on football more than off-field stuff, at least it was last week. Uh, and we're rolling right along toward league seasons in a lot of places. So, you know, I'm still on the fence and uh, accepting nominations on where I should uh, end up this week. So if people have ideas, leave, uh, leave us a voicemail or uh, hit me on the Twitter machine. But uh, yeah, it's going to be another good week of uh, local football. What, uh, what say you as we go into another week? I feel very similar to you. I, it's a, uh... A lot of times these under the radar weeks end up being some of the best weeks in, in terms of, of surprises. So I think I'm going to be headed out to Oakland to see McClymans and I'm excited about that. And just, just looking forward to another week, man. It should be fun. Hopefully there's no need for any more emergency pods this weekend and we can actually uh, rest up uh, after all of our coverage on, on uh, Friday night. So that's it. That's where we'll leave you. And uh, rest up. You don't need to rest. You're fresh. <laughs> All right. Have a great week, everybody. Enjoy the football games. We'll see you next week. Bye. All right. Uh, let's roll, boys. <laughs> <laughs>